Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Welcome back to the final episode of our five-part series that we're wrapping up this year with all about professionalizing your business. Uh, If you've missed the last four weeks episodes, uh, we covered professionalizing your finances, your marketing, your estimating and sales. And then last week we covered a lot about recruiting. So I encourage you to go back, check it out at some point, uh, especially as you're working through things maybe here over the slower part of the year as we get into next year and you're focusing in on one of those areas. Go back, listen to that episode. Every week we've been covering about four things. Actually, it's worked out perfectly. We've had four every single week uh, that are the things that we feel like if you're doing this for this area of your business, you are running a professionalized company, right? And we say professionalized in the sense of treating your business like a business. And so this last topic that we're going to cover today is all about operations. Uh, And today we're going to talk through a little bit about the day-to-day stuff, um, the operations when it comes to producing job sites, uh, and just everything in the operations. I know that can kind of be a catch-all term, right? And there's a couple things in here we're going to go through for you as the business owner, just to make sure, again, day-to-day operations. And then a couple things we're going to hit on on the job production operation side of things to make sure that you've got a good, well-rounded system to where you can start getting away from your business a little bit. Whether you whether you have to, whether you want to, doesn't matter. Again, systemizing and having the right processes in place will be a great opportunity for your employees to thrive and also give you some options as the business owner yourself. And so I hope this helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. All right. So as we dive in here on what is most important when it comes to operations in your business, and as as I mentioned in the introduction, we're covering a little bit on the day-to-day operations and the kind of production operations side of your company. Uh, and so these are the four things that, that as we look through most clients, most people we come into contact here in the painting industry, these are four things that seem to make or break you on how smooth your day-to-day operations are, how smooth your job production is. Again, I could give you a list of 15 different things on here, right? But these are the most common ones, especially for business owners that are, you know, 10 to 15 employees or less. Um, this is something that is really crucial to making sure you get in place to where as you guys do grow, you can continue to grow your business without growing your time and put into the business. If you're watching this on video, you can see I've got uh, a Harpeth painting polo on today. And I thought that was fitting for my good friends, Matt and Maggie Kuiper down in Nashville, um, who's absolutely crushing it this year. Uh, and as I sent them a picture as we're setting up to record today, and I was like, hey, I'm rocking my Harpeth polo. I thought this was very fitting for operations. Uh, I won't I won't share the numbers of what they're doing this year. Uh, if you know Matt and Maggie, you can ask them at Expo here in February. Uh, but they're crushing it this year, right? And uh, I, I, Matt sent me a text back literally right before I pressed record and said, man, I wish I knew how to professionalize our, our operations. Uh, and, uh, and I simply told them, if you guys are doing what you're doing, um, you, you figured something out, right? We can always grow, but you guys at least have a lot of the basics in place. And so, um, all that to say, 
here's the four things that we kind of have narrowed this down to, uh, that if you're doing this again, your, your operations are running smoothly, right? Uh, to have a, a business at scale of where Harpeth is and a lot of other key names here throughout PCA, Nick Slavic, Paris painting, a lot of the other names that you'll see here, especially coming up at Expo in February. Uh, if you haven't noticed the subtle hints, go to Expo in February down in sunny Orlando. But with that being said, I want to make sure that you've got these things in place. And so number one, you need to have a very set schedule. And I this is a little bit of a broad term, and so I want to dive into this a couple different ways. Uh, number one, you need to have a set full production schedule each and every week, right? If you've listened to some of the previous episodes here in the series, you should have a good idea on how much work you need to produce every single week to hit your numbers, to make sure the finances work, to make sure you're you're profitable and you're making the amount of money you want to make, right? And so if you have a full production schedule, like you need to make sure that that is meeting that minimum number every single week, right? So, you know, one thing, I, the reason why I say this is I see people are way too loose with scheduling with their employees, with their customers, with everybody, right? And it's kind of like just a figure it out as you go situation. And I think that that ends up being a loss of production sometimes, right? Your painters may only be logging 32 hours a week or, you know, a lot of their time is spent driving around or like, we're just not thinking through like, what's the most efficient way to try to get things done, right? And the most efficient manner to maximize the capability we have, right? If you only have seven painters at 40 hours a week, you can only produce 210 hours worth of work, right? So how do we maximize that? And that was terrible math. That's 280 hours a week. See, this is why Chris doesn't do math on the fly unless it's nice whole rounded numbers. Um, you have seven painters, 40 hours a week. That's 280 hours a week. And you need to figure out how to maximize that. How much work can we possibly get done without overworking our people, burning them out? How much work can we get done in that 280 hours a week? That's the goal of being a business owner right there. So make sure you've got a good, full, efficient production schedule that makes sense for your business, but also obviously for your employees and your customers as too. Um, with that being said, with having a set full schedule and everything, I think you should also be scheduling your customers as soon as they book, putting them in your schedule somewhere. Even if you're not communicating that quite to them yet um, about exactly where they're at, just I was always very vague in my scheduling conversations with homeowners, right? Unless somebody was like, hey, we got five different things going on and you're going to be in at this point, I need you here on you know, Monday, February 1st, right? I don't know if that's a Monday or not, but like if they gave us very specific dates then we would try to accommodate. But if somebody was just like, yeah, okay, you know, as we're recording this here at the end of 2023, if, if we were, you know, kind of booked out through the middle of February because we had slotted everybody into a schedule, I'd say, hey, we're booking out for the middle of February. Okay, yeah, that works, right? Or I'd say mid to end of February, right? Maybe there's a chance we can squeeze it up, but I would say mid to end of February. I was very loose in that. And if somebody booked, I would just go in and put them in the next opening we have available. And I would put a note on there, flexible, told middle to end of February, right? To where as we got closer to that, you know, we would start to hone in on that date uh, a little bit more so or a week or something. But if in the next two weeks, somebody was like, hey, I need this done early February, I would just put that person in there and I kind of move everybody back a little bit, right? But I would always, as soon as somebody booked, they always went in my calendar somewhere to where I knew exactly how far out we were booking at our current capacity. And then that way, if things needed shifted around, we could do that, right? Um, so I think that's important. One, to have an understanding of how far out are you guys booking? 
And two, I think every crew should have their own schedule, right? If you have two crews of three, I say you should have your set crews, right? They work together 90% of the time, the three of them on a job site, the other three on another job site, they should have their own schedules, right? You book a project and you put it on the crew that is best suited for that project, right? Or if it doesn't matter, just put it on whoever's got the shortest lead time, right? Put it on that schedule. Again, make those notes so you know you can move it in the next couple of weeks before you start narrowing that in with the homeowner, but put it on the schedule. Right. And then that way, you know, hey, both crews are booked out till end of February or wherever that lies. Um, so just book a job, put it on the schedule. Um, with having a set schedule, I think you as the business owner should also have a semi set schedule. And at least what I mean by that is hours for customer communication. You should have some defined stuff. If you struggle with work life balance, you need to have a time period and stick to it that you don't deal with your business unless it's an emergency or something that you need to know for the next day, which I'll talk about here in a second. Um, with that being said, if a customer calls you for an estimate, they call you back about something, they whatever. For me, I kept my business and I still try to as much as I possibly can while serving our customers and, and our team um, here at EBA. I try to keep my schedule to like an eight to five schedule. If you need something between eight and five, again, occasionally I may be unavailable, might be in a meeting, you know, might be dropping the kids off a little bit late out the door in the morning, but like eight to five, I'm open, right? You start texting or calling me anytime after five o'clock, usually at that point, I'm home with the kids, home with the family, doing something, right? Unless I'm traveling on the road to go speak at a Sherwin event, like if you get a hold of me after five o'clock, unless it's like emergency, you're not gonna hear from me till the next day. Right, I'll put it in my notes. I'll send you a text back. Hey, I'll get back to you in the morning. Like, so don't feel like don't be a slave to your business. Um, even right now, I know if it like you're a little bit slower, you know, whatever. I understand, like, you know, okay, maybe we maybe we stretch that a little bit, right? But for the most part, set some boundaries. Hey, I will always tell people, like, if if you call me after like four or five o'clock, like I'll always start out the phone call the next day. And I did this with my painting company too. Hey, sorry, I missed your call last night. I was at home with my family. Um, you know, wanted to call you as soon as I got into the office here this morning. Again, I said that even when I had a painting company and worked from home and I might be out on a job site, wanted to call you as soon as, you know, as soon as I got my day started today, what can I help you with? What are you looking to get an estimate on? Whatever, right? So have some boundaries. I know that's something everybody struggles with. I see a lot of people, they're like, I'm a slave to my phone and I don't think it's necessary, right? Again, if it's something that you need to know for the next day or two days, or something's you know, urgent. Other than that, if a lead's calling you, call them back the next morning, right? If somebody, if you call a business owner at six o'clock at night, are you expecting them to pick up? And if you, if somebody is gonna, if you're gonna lose a job because of it, they're not your ideal customer. All right, and that's all I'm gonna say, and we're gonna move on from that. Um, the last thing with having a set schedule, you should plan ahead for materials, color confirmations, scheduling, everything. Uh, that's gonna tie into a couple other points here today, so I won't go too far on that. But as I said, there shouldn't be a lot of urgent things, right? You should not be waiting on a homeowner to give you the color you're gonna paint their bedroom, baseboards, house with, whatever, tomorrow, that they're gonna call you at seven o'clock the night about that. Like, truthfully, by whatever time you set there, four or five o'clock, like, worst case, you should have everything lined out for the next day, right? And if they're calling you with a color for three days from now, again, that's not worth a, a phone call at seven o'clock at night for. So plan ahead for materials. I mean, you can pick out colors, you can order materials a week ahead of time. You can have colors lined out three weeks ahead of time, right? Have a process and a system that you follow to where everything's lined out as far ahead as you possibly can. 
Um, point number two, you should be organized with everything related to your customers and your jobs. And what do I mean by that? You should always know what open leads you have, what pending estimates you need to follow up with, what jobs are sold, whatever it is. Okay. Whether you're using an estimating platform and it kind of organizes that out for you. Um, a drip jobs is a great visual one that kind of has it broken down into like a pipeline, um, you know, and so forth. Uh, obviously a lot of other ones, you know, jobber is another one we recommend. Um, you know, we'll just have it like, Hey, here's your pending estimates. Here's your sold jobs, you know, all that stuff. But you should always know who do you need to follow up with? What's going on a place to organize everything. If you don't have anything, I have a Google sheet, email me, you can have it right? Chris at elitebusinessadvisors.com. We have a simple business organizer that kind of works as a workflow, starts as a lead, move it to pending jobs, uh, move it to book jobs, dead jobs, whatever, finished jobs once it's completed. It's just an easy workflow in the Google sheet to track everything. Um, and then on top of that, you should have a system that you use for you and your business to ensure that everything gets done and nothing slips through the cracks. This is something that really ensures all of your tasks are, that are necessary for completing projects and working on your business get done every single day. If you say you're going to post on Facebook three times a week, where is it at? Is it in your to-do list? Is it in your calendar? Is it, is, whatever, is it in whatever system you're using to make sure your tasks and your to-do list get done every single day? To me, that's one of the most important things about being a business owner. We get so much stuff thrown out of so many things to follow up with, things that need done. We have to build our own systems. We have to, and when I say systems, I don't mean you have to build software. We just have to have a system and a process in place, right? If you want your, your jobs to have your colors confirmed two weeks before you're scheduled to start, you need to have something somewhere to look through that, to see who needs colors confirmed. Do we have this? Is, is it our two week reminder that pops up in Google Calendar, whatever it is, right? We need to have those things in place to make sure that we have things organized and systematically being done. We don't have to think about it, right? I can sit here and record this podcast today and not think about the 150 things on my to-do list between today and the next two weeks, right? Cause it's all in Trello for this week. And then anything for weeks to come are in my calendar, right? That, that is my system. I use Trello for a daily to-do list with all my tasks. A lot of things repeat. So I have a template set for that. And then in my calendar every week, there's a note on Monday morning at six o'clock. Sometimes it gets long, but it's everything that needs done this week, right? As I'm thinking through now, you know, and, and we're heading into the new year, like, oh, hey, first week of January, second week of January, like, I need to do this. I need to do this. It's in there. I don't have to think about it. It's amazing. Um, the other thing, you need to have constant communication with your homeowners. You got to be organized. I was very proactive in this. I talked to, when we got within three to four weeks of your project, I talked to you once a week. And as we got within that week or so, maybe twice a week, right? Possibly a third time. Some of it was via text, email, whatever. Um, but just to, hey, this is what's going on. This is where we got you scheduled and hey, we're still on track. Hey, we're running a couple of days behind. Hey, blah, blah, blah. I had a couple of customers over the years say, hey, Chris, just call us three days out. Like we appreciate, like we so appreciate that you're keeping us in the know, but like, you're good, man. Like you can dial back a little bit, right? And I was like, okay, cool. I'm on the right track, right? Because I never wanted to be that home, that cust that contractor, that homeowners had to wonder what the heck's going on. When's Elite Painting showing up? When are they doing our project? I never want to have that conversation. Is being a homeowner and especially doing what I do now and knowing how I ran my business. That's what I built my business off of. Professionalism, communication, showing up, doing what you said you were going to do. Common sense, 
not so common to a lot of people, right? So take advantage of it because that's your competitors out there. But for me, I never wanted to be that homeowner or that, that contractor. And as a homeowner now, nothing annoys me more. Like you say you're going to be out next week to do something. And then two weeks goes by, like I will fire you and go find someone else every single time. Don't even ask. I've had one person that had really good communication that I didn't have to go ask what the heck was going on. And he, there was a carpet installer when we were finishing our basement this summer. And he would text me about every week to 10 days and be like, Hey, just want to check in. I know we, we said the week before labor day, are you still on track for that? Right. I know you got a lot of stuff you're working through. I just want to make sure we keep you in the schedule. Right. Like amazing. Never had to stop and wonder when the carpet was coming to get installed. Right. Everything else hit and miss. Um, and if you worked at our house and you were one of my clients, that doesn't apply to you because we talked anyways about it. So, um, last two things, this is a huge one. Number three SOPs. You should have standard operating procedures in place for every area of business of everything that you do, every scope of work, right? Um, if you're not familiar with SOPs, if you're new to kind of getting some education here in the painting industry, SOPs basically are the method and order in which you complete projects. You should have this documented out and detailed out to where essentially somebody on the street that has nothing, has no knowledge about the painting industry could pick it up and at least understand how to complete a project of yours, right? I'm not saying they're going to do it well. I'm not saying they're going to do it efficiently, but just they understand like, hey, this is the process we follow on this, right? And you should have a different SOP for every different scope of work, right? You should have one for interior walls only. And then you should have another one for walls and ceilings. And then you should have another one for wall ceilings and trim because the order in which you complete those things are going to change based on the scope of the work, right? You should have one for exteriors. If there's a lot of different types of exteriors you do, you should maybe have a couple different ones for that too, right? You should have one for kitchen cabinets, right? Every area of business that you do, you should have an SOP for. With that being said, one, you're going to use this for training. Two, you're going to use this for your crew to roof, refer back to. This is essentially the elite painting way of completing a project. The biggest thing I can say, don't overthink it. If you have not created SOPs yet, it's okay. Don't overthink it. Start somewhere, start documenting. Sit on a job site and observe how your painters do stuff, right? Have your painter, have somebody come with you, say, hey, I'm gonna go paint a bedroom. Will you document the order in which I do things, right? For me, the first thing I always did when I walked into a room was spackle all the nail holes, right? Cause it's gonna take some time to dry. So number one, spackle nail holes. Then I'll start moving furniture and then I'll start drop cothing stuff. Then I'll remove the outlet covers. <clears throat> sometimes, um, again, I'm spitballing off the top of my head here from a couple years ago. Sometimes I would actually start cutting in. Yeah, actually I would usually put one coat of cutting in and then I would take the outlet covers off just to give that a little extra time to dry, right? All the things that needed done. And then the last thing I would do is sand the, the nail holes and then roll the wall out, right? And then repeat, like there was a process that we followed. That's how we did things, right? So don't overthink this if you don't have it. It should just be one sheet, you know, maybe 10 to 20 steps, depending on how in depth and what you do to protect home. And I know some people, you know, lawn signs, put a lawn sign in the yard, you know, is, is on their SOP, right? So again, you can go as much or as little as you want. Don't make it a 50 step process to paint a bedroom. Um, but you know, you should have a, a good list of the order in which you do things, right? Um, so just keep that in mind. 
Um, again, just don't overthink it. I see a lot of people get like paralyzed by doing this and it's really not that hard. This is gonna be a living, breathing, working document for the rest of your life. It's gonna change. It's gonna change 10 times in the next year. It's gonna change another 10 times in the following three years and probably 10 more times five years after that, okay? So don't overthink it. Just understand this is always gonna kind of update, be tweaked as you find better, more efficient ways to do things as technology adapts, as you know, equipment and materials and supplies adapt and change. Um, it, just understand this isn't forever. And then the last one, number four, you should be utilizing work orders for your business on completing the projects with your production team. Um, this should cover everything with the colors for each area of the project, right? What rooms or what colors, what, you know, scope, like if you're painting the exterior of a house, hey, all the fascia and soffits is this, the siding is this, the this, doors are this, you know, et cetera. Um, it should define how many coats of paint are getting applied to everything, right? Is it one coat on the ceilings, two coats? What are you guys doing? Um, you know, any special needs beyond your normal SOPs, right? So if there's a um, doorknob hole through the uh, uh, wall behind the door in the bedroom, that's gonna probably change a little bit on the process in which you do things, right? Especially if you're doing other rooms in that house, the first thing you're probably gonna do when you get there on day one is go start patching that doorknob and maybe you're gonna start in bedrooms two and three, right? So if there's things that are gonna deviate from your typical just SOPs, you should detail that on there. Um, you should also detail out any special equipment needed or things needed beyond just what's normally carried in your crew kit, right? In your company vehicles, painters vehicles, trailer, whatever it is you use, you have your normal like day-to-day -day stuff, right? Maybe you don't take a 32 foot ladder to every job because most of your jobs are 20 to 24 feet ladders, right? So you only bring the 32 as needed. Uh, maybe you need 20 minute mud because there's some bigger holes that needs um, patched in a much shorter amount of time, right? You don't have as much time for regular stuff to dry. Like whatever it is, make sure you detail that out on there too. Um, the last thing you ever want to do is painters get to a job site and they have no clue what's going on or, oh, I need this and it's not there, right? Uh, this starts by taking good notes at your estimates. So you remember, especially if you're selling jobs for six, eight, 10, 12 weeks down the road, take good estimates at your notes now, detail out, hey, here's the extra equipment needed, right? I need the 32 foot ladder. I need the 20 minute mud. We need a pivot tool. We need whatever that's above and beyond the norm. Um, and then make a note of that. That way when it's time, it goes on the work order, your painters take the equipment. Um, work orders should also have the task and time allotted for each scope of work. I do like that. So they kind of have a good expectation of how much time you estimated for it. Um, again, the goal is to beat that for them. Um, even if you're estimating six hours for a bedroom and you're telling them it needs done in five, I'm good with that. Right. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it, it works for everyone if they're doing it in a good quality way. Uh, and then the last thing is when we talk through work orders, um, you can create this as a standalone document based off the estimate you do. Um, but I do think if you're looking at estimating platforms and softwares here this time of year, if you have one that has a work order built into it, that kind of takes the estimate, strips the price off of it, you can make some internal notes, you can upload pictures, you can do some stuff to it. Um, I think that's even better, right? Trying to keep everything in one place is the best. Worst case, you have, you know, the software they clock in with and they get scheduled on, and then you have a Google sheet where all these work orders are like, that's fine, right? We don't want things scattered across five different platforms, um, but that's why we do like certain um, estimating platforms because it has some of the stuff built into it, right? Just the 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 less work for you, the the best ease for your employees to access it. These are important things to think about on how you're going to go about implementing these work orders, right? For me, I like things digitally. 
things can get added on our work order. We used a Google sheet that I would kind of take our estimate and, and turn into a work order. Um, and, you know, on there, we also had a, a touch up list, right? To where if I saw something while I was there, especially if it was in a color the guys didn't already have out at the time, I'd be like, hey, uh, Trent, uh, touch up in the master bedroom on the wall behind the door, right? Uh, maybe I'd attach a picture to it if it was something that wasn't easily uh, described. Um, if the homeowner pointed something out, right? Even pointed it out to Trent. And again, he didn't have that color out, you know, he'd put it on the list, right? And then they all had a checkbox by it. They could go on and check every time something was was taken care of on there, right? Something simple uh, like that. So, um, so those are the four things. Again, I could have made a list of 18, 20, 25 things when it comes to operations. We could have went way more in depth in each of these areas. So I'm not saying like, hey, if you do, these are the only four things you need, right? Um, but we try to narrow it into what's the most important, what's going to move your business the furthest. And if you're at least doing these things, we feel like you're treating your business like a business, right? And again, whether you still love painting and being on the job site each day, that's fine, right? But we want you to have options. We want you to have systems. We want you to, to be able to weather whatever life throws at you, right? Uh, maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's something. Maybe you got to take a week off or, you know, step out of the field for a couple of weeks, Whatever it is, we want to make sure you have these things in place to keep your business running smoothly, running systematically. Um, guys, I'm, I'm really excited. This is our last episode here in 2024, or 2023, and I'm really excited for what 2024 has in store. Uh, we've got some great things in the work that if you're clients of ours, uh, you're getting a lot of benefit from. Uh, so I'm really excited uh, on some of that stuff. Uh, but I'm really excited for just where a lot of people's businesses are. And I feel like a lot of people are building really strong foundations and, and ready to start growing. Um, or growing their profitability. Uh, and so I'm really excited for what next year has to bring. Uh, I hope that everyone had a great Christmas. I didn't start out the episode with that. I hope you have a great New Year's. I can say that now, uh, is, is this is airing here the last week of December. Um, with that being said, if you've got some time off, one, I want you to enjoy some time off. If you've got kids that are off school and you know family, whatever, enjoy some time off. But also, start working on some of these 20 things that we just covered in the last five weeks on how you can make progress in your business. Because what I want you to do is I want you to look back in mid-February, end of February, definitely April, you know, when busy season's really kicking off and look back and say, man, I'm glad that I took some of that time to work on my business and do the things that I've been putting off that I haven't been making time for when things were slower not look back and say, man, I wish I would have, right? And so I hope that helps. I hope that you guys do have a great week here. I know a lot of you guys are taking off here between Christmas and New Year's. So enjoy it and keep working on your business. And I'm excited for what 2024 has to bring as we roll into season four here on the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.